Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have a new theory that I wanted to share with you in the wake of the Snow White controversy. So I'm sure you've heard about this. It's all over. Disney is doing a remake of Snow White, and it's not an animated version. It's supposed to be a live-action version. And there were some photographs of the filming of this new remake that were leaked, and we can show those on the screen. So you can, everyone can picture the cartoon Snow White, right? Snow White has Snow White skin, as her name suggests. Well, this lovely young woman, as you can see in the picture, is does not have Snow White skin. She is a different race than the character Snow White was intended to be. And when I say the race that this this character was intended to be, remember that this was a this is the Snow White is one of Grimm's fairy tales. It was written in 1812, and it was Grimm is German. This was a German fairy tale, and the 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 crux of this fairy tale was about this girl with Snow White skin. So yeah, it's a little odd that to cast a woman who is obviously not white in this role. It's obviously, I hate to use the word cultural appropriation, but this is a woke move. This is done intentionally by by Disney, the wokest corporation almost in the entire country. Uh, but that's not that's not even the half of it. Then of course we have the seven dwarves. The seven dwarves, we can show that on the screen. You might be thinking, well, those aren't dwarves. Those are, that's a ragtag bunch of people right there. That's six people and one dwarf and a girl. And you'd be right. In fact, the funniest commentary on this photo, I'm going to bring this up. This is from Dave Rubin. I died of laughter when I read this. He goes, he posts a picture of these dwarves and he goes, Snow White and diversity, intersectionality, mappy, rapey, transy, and the one actual dwarf. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, that's actually right. That's exactly what they're doing. Disney's trying to be woke. They're trying to push a critical race theory worldview on us because it's not just that they're trying to include people of different skin colors. It's that they're trying to replace white people. They're trying to replace white people because they have told us and they believe that there is something inherently evil about being white, that white people benefit from white privilege because all institutions in Western civilization were built on the backs of white supremacy. Therefore, if you have white skin now, it doesn't matter how you think about other people, how you treat other people. All that matters is that you are white and therefore you are inherently racist and there's nothing you can do to redeem yourself. So replacing white people is not just some silly idea of a colorblind society. They're not doing that. If they were doing that, we could probably all be like, oh, okay, whatever. That's not what they're doing. They're trying to replace whiteness because they think it's evil. It's cultural appropriation, in fact, what they're doing, to use their own terms. Now, a couple of things before I get to what my new theory is on this. First of all, one of the funniest parts of this whole story is that the Daily Beast, when these photos surfaced, the Daily Beast immediately said, no, 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 these photos aren't real. These photos are obviously fake, obviously fake. Even the Daily Beast, like one of the most leftist media outlets there is, didn't believe that Disney would be this absurd, that Disney would go to this extent to be woke. Disney said that it was obviously fake and that, or Daily Beast said it was obviously fake. And Disney, for a moment, 
confirmed what the Daily Beast reported. They said, yeah, these are, these are fake photos. But then, strangely, oddly, the Disney was exposed as a liar. They exposed themselves as a liar. You have to wonder. I wonder what happened behind the scenes at Disney because first they said, yes, Daily Beast, you're correct. These are fake. And then Disney came out and said, actually, no, these photos aren't fake. They're real. They're just not the official photos that we decided to release from this film. So I'm just picturing what's going on at Disney where they're panicking because the general public got a view of these photos and everyone was like, are you kidding with Mappy and Rapey and Transy and the one actual dwarf? Are you kidding with the cultural appropriation? Are you kidding with erasing white people because you think that whiteness is evil? And they panicked. And then somebody inside must have said, listen, if you continue telling this lie, then we're gonna expose you. And so Disney was forced to say, actually, it is real. And then pretending to play the victim by saying, well, we didn't, ex- we didn't release these officially. It doesn't matter, Disney. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, this is the film that you're making right now. This is the film that you're making. So here's my theory, though. Disney as a company, as a corporation, as a business, has been hemorrhaging money. When they have, since they have gone woke, and I'm not even talking about like the transy stuff that we saw uh, from videos of internal meetings where they talked about inserting a queerness agenda into their children's programming. I'm talking about very, very recently. Within the last year, they have released what were supposed to be several big movies, several sequels, blockbuster-style movies that should have made a ton of money. They've lost what's estimated to be $890 million. $890 million on their last eight films. They're not, they might be idiot Marxists, but they're not stupid. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And so you see this happening. And these movies like, had a non binary character, they, they espoused critical race theory. They were just really woke movies. And audiences didn't like it. Audiences rejected that. And it showed up in the financials of these movies. These movies lost money for Disney. Disney took a financial hit. Their business was hurt by going woke. And I thought to myself, okay, so the way that conservatives often explain this phenomenon is that, well, Disney being such a large corporation isn't just about the profit. They are now, instead of strictly thinking about their bottom line, they are now thinking about their ESG score. They're pursuing wokeness because they want a high ESG score because if not, they will be socially and potentially financially punished by the big banking institutions. That's been the prevailing explanation from conservatives. And this is an explanation that I've taken part in as well. 
The prevailing explanation from conservatives about why woke corporations don't mind making business decisions that are clearly stupid for their business. But I think that there's something even bigger at play here. I think there's something more destructive internally at some of these corporations. Think about what the wokeness is that Disney has been propagating. They've been propagating queer theory, that is the transgender ideology, inserting a queerness agenda into their children's programming that is an inherently Marxist ideology, really. Marxist, there was a Hungarian Marxist that actually, that pioneered trying to queer children in order to separate children from their parents. He called it radical alienation. We have the critical race theory that's been inherent to a lot of Disney programming. Critical race theory, of course, is the, is the grandchild of critical theory, a pivotal Marxist theory that came from the Frankfurt School. All of these different elements of wokeness are Marxist. And we think of Marxism in kind of two separate buckets. We think of it as economic Marxism, like Karl Marx, and we think of it as um, cultural Marxism. And I talk about this distinction in my book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. And it's really important to make this distinction and trace exactly how this evolution from economic Marxism to cultural Marxism happened and how it embedded in our society. But the root, the ideological premise or the objective of both economic Marxists and cultural Marxists is actually the same thing. The objective is the total destruction of a capitalist society. Marxists are inherently anti-capitalist, even cultural Marxists. That's why the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, Alicia Garza and Patrice Coolers, admit that not only, they admit that they're trained Marxists, but they also admit that they're anti-capitalist. They also admit that they want to abolish the nuclear family. They admit the fundamental tenets of Marxism. It's just applied a little bit differently to different circumstances. So I think what's at play here is Disney not just being willing to surrender some profit in pursuit of an ESG score. I think this Marxist ideology that has clearly taken root inside Disney, coming from the leading, the top executives at Disney, I think it's self-destruction. I think they are anti-capitalist. They not only are willing to surrender some of their profit, they're achieving part of their objective when they destroy a corporation worth so much in the marketplace. They want to destroy capital. They want to destroy value. They want to destroy our entire economy. And going after these big corporations is a pretty darn good way to do it. I don't think it's just a willingness to surrender. I think it's active self-destruction. I think that's what we're seeing especially when it comes to something like Snow White, they knew, they had to know what the reaction would be. They've seen how their movies have flopped, their woke movies have flopped. They're not, they're not, they might be idiot Marxists, but they're not stupid. They knew, and not only do they not care, they're delighted by the destruction of their business because Marxists are inherently anti-capitalist. But imagine for one second, this is going back to the, the cultural appropriation or the erasure of white people in this Grimm's fairy tale that's centered around white people. Imagine for a second if a right-wing company remade a classic black movie and replaced all the characters with white people. Can you imagine the outrage from the left? Can you imagine the woke outrage if, I, I, I know this is a funny example, and I don't know if you would call this a classic black film, but this was the funniest example I could think of. Imagine if you took uh, a Tyler Perry movie and you remade it, and instead of casting black people, you cast all white people. How do you think the Democrats and the left would react to this? 
they would be outraged. They'd say, you're erasing black people, you're racist, you're evil, you're hateful, you're bigoted. This is white supremacy, they'd say. But when they do it in the reverse, apparently it's totally fine. So then if we zoom out a little bit, we have the business aspect of this. We know that there's a strike happening in Hollywood. The writers strike that was happening, the actors, the directors, they, there's this huge strike going on in Hollywood and some people are like, who cares what's going on in Hollywood? Hollywood's self-destructing. Won't we maybe be better off in our country without Hollywood? I'm very sympathetic to that argument. I think that Hollywood, while it has produced some pieces of entertainment, in general, the cultural influence from Hollywood has been incredibly destructive to the moral fiber of our nation. So I'm not super opposed to the idea of Hollywood self-destructing if they wanna, if they wanna stage these strikes, which will just transfer their market share to mostly to streaming services. I know a lot of the streaming services are also corrupted with woke ideology, but at least there's still some competition there. There's not competition anymore in Hollywood. Hollywood is a monopoly over um, the motion picture business. So all that being said, the writers and the actors are still on strike, but the directors have come to an agreement. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The directors have come to an agreement, um, which is interesting because when the directors come to an agreement, that means that production is not technically stopped. It's not that they can't produce anymore. It's that they can't produce here in the United States where the actors are in, in their guild, right? In the, in the screen actors, the, uh, the, the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild actors. But directors can go to foreign countries and they can use foreign actors to continue to produce their content. So wouldn't that be interesting if that's perhaps what we're seeing with Snow White? Now, some of these actors are American actors. Maybe they are SAG members. Perhaps they are, but maybe it's being filmed somewhere else. It'll be interesting to watch this, um, to watch this unfold, because it seems to me that Hollywood is trying to outsmart. It's just another element of self-destruction that we're seeing unfold here. But the remaking of Snow White is a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. You have to wonder why they're even bothering to remake this. This, this whole trend in Hollywood of just doing new versions of old films, I, I don't understand. I don't appreciate it. I don't like seeing remakes of old movies. Um, Snow White at the time was a movie that was a success like almost no other movie. It was an innovative movie. It was the first full feature length children's animated movie that was a financial success. It started a movement. It was like a major thing. Blase Hollywood, accustomed to gala openings, turns out for the most spectacular of them all, the world premiere of the million and a half dollar fairy tale fantasy, Snow White 
and the Seven Dwarfs. Replicas from the first feature cartoon, Walt Disney, who created these lovable characters, brings to motion pictures a new medium for a greater art. And it looks like a snow white Christmas for all. They gave Disney an Oscar for it, and then they gave him seven little Oscars, like the Seven Dwarfs, for like probably a PR stunt, but kind of cute. I think it's funny. Um, this movie not only sold out theaters, people would like stand up at the end and give a standing ovation. This was just, it's, it's almost difficult to describe what a cultural moment the original Snow White was, how much people loved it, how much a success it was, and how it changed the course of the whole entertainment industry. And it makes me wonder why they're even trying to remake this. Because the history of Hollywood, when they've tried to remake huge hits, the, the remakes of the huge hits have flopped. I mean, think about Psycho. They remade that and it flopped. Ben-Hur, huge hit. They remade it and it flopped. So why, why remake something that was such a cultural moment at the time? Why try to take that away from the moment where it existed and turn it into something now? I don't, I don't understand that. I, for one, wish that Hollywood would just be creative. Like, stop reusing stories that have already been told and create a new story. A new story, a compelling story. Perhaps they can't because their wokeness ties them up in knots. And so things that used to be made can't be made in Hollywood anymore. The only thing that can be made is woke trash. That's not even clever, not even funny, not even entertaining. Maybe that's why Disney's doing this, but it makes zero, zero sense to me. President Trump announced that he's expecting to be indicted over January 6th. This is what the former president posted on his Truth Social account. He said, wow, on Sunday night, while I was with my family, having just arrived from the Turning Point event in Florida, where I won the straw poll against all other Republican candidates with 85.7%, with all polls showing me leading in the Republican primary by very substantial numbers, almost everyone predicting that I will be the Republican nominee for president, and as I am leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot, horrifying news for our country was given to me by my attorneys. Deranged Jack Smith, President Trump wrote, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's Department of Justice sent a letter, again, it was Sunday night, stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. So now Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, who I turned down for United States Supreme Court, in retrospect, based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision, together with Joe Biden's Department of Injustice, have effectively issued a third indictment and arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent, who is largely dominating him in the race for presidency. Nothing like this, President Trump said, has ever happened in our country before or even close. They illegally spied on my campaign, attacked me with a totally fake dossier that was funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC, impeached me twice, I won, they failed on the Mueller witch hunt, no collusion. They failed on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the 51 intelligence agents fraud, the FBI Twitter files, the DOJ Facebook censorship, and every other scam imaginable. But on top of all of that, President Trump writes, they have now effectively indicted me three times. The DOJ staffed and runs the DA's office in Manhattan with a probable fourth coming in Atlanta where the DOJ are in strict and possibly illegal coordination with the district attorney whose record on murder and other violent crime is abysmal. This witch hunt is all about election interference and a complete and total political weaponization of law enforcement. It is a very sad and dark period for our nation. 
I thought at the beginning of the show that I would just read a portion of that to you, but I thought, oh, I'll just read the first couple sentences. But as it turns out, the entire statement is one sentence. It is one gigantically long sentence. So we got to enjoy the whole thing. The fact of the matter is, Trump is right. This is effectively effectively an indictment. And when I say effectively an indictment, we can expect an indictment to come from the Department of Justice. They're going to indict Trump related to January 6th. And we've been saying all along that this is what the Department of Justice, I know they appointed a special counsel, Jack Smith. This is what they have been gunning for the entire time. This has been their goal the entire time. Do you think that the Department of Justice actually cared about the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, Do you think the Department of Justice actually cared about Stuart Rhodes? Who on earth is Stuart Rhodes, this unsavory character that very few of us have had ever heard about, and yet he was convicted of seditious conspiracy, which is essentially treason, sentenced to nearly two decades in prison, 18 years. That's the entire childhood of a person. Do you think the Department of Justice ever really cared about them? No. The Department of Justice never cared about the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. They didn't care about really anyone that was involved in January 6th, except for President Trump. This entire operation that has been run by the Department of Justice, indicting and charging and convicting or coercing plea deals from over a thousand different people involved in the disturbance on January 6th was always about getting President Trump. So what I wanna do today is I wanna talk about exactly what they're doing exactly what we can expect and exactly how they're going to try to put Trump in prison. It was always the plan of the Department of Justice to get President Trump. They hate him. The visceral hatred that they feel for this man is like nothing we've ever seen in modern politics. They want him to rot in prison and they don't care that he's not guilty of any of the crimes that they accuse him of. So because he's not guilty of any of the things that they've accused him of, because he's not Putin's puppet, because he didn't collude with Russia, because he didn't rape somebody or whatever that accusation was, because he didn't do something to do something sinister with Zelensky back when Zelensky was a villain just a couple of years ago. Remember they impeached Trump over, over his phone call with Zelensky? That's back when the left told us Zelensky was bad news because back then Ukraine was corrupt, even though now of course it's, it's a, a democracy that we should spend in our entire life savings in supporting giving weapons to. But I digress. The radical left has never been able to pin any of these things on Trump because they've all been lies. And so what the left has done is they've created a a concerted effort. The word I want to use is they've created a conspiracy. It is a real conspiracy. Now there's a difference between a conspiracy theory and a conspiracy. A conspiracy theory is our speculation about what might be happening. A conspiracy is an effort to trap someone. It's 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 an effort to get Trump. And that's exactly what they're doing here. So the... The way that this happened, this started culturally first. Culturally, the Department of Homeland Security, in conjunction with the FBI, in conjunction with leftist talking heads on TV, started to attack language. They started to accuse Republicans of saying words that the left said weren't just words, they weren't just free speech, but they were actual violence. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. So you saw this cultural effort to not just demonize what we say as bad and what we say as hateful, even though it's not. We saw this effort to present this new idea that words could actually cause physical harm. Long gone are the days when we could say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the opposite of what the left has been doing. So they've started this effort to convince us that, that words could actually harm people and the reason that they do did that or are doing it, it's a, it's a continuing effort, is because they want to make any of our concerns about what happened in the 2020 presidential election, they want to make that some sort of violence. Because if it's just words, then they really can't do anything about it. But if they can convince our legal system, if this, this cultural effort by the left to, to turn words into violence, if they can use that cultural effort to convince the legal system that words are violence, then anytime someone says, stop the steal, Anytime someone says um, 2,000 mules, anytime someone says unmanned drop boxes round the clock, anytime someone says universal mail-in ballots, anytime someone says signature verification degraded, anytime someone points out what happened in Wisconsin, for example, where election rules and regulations were changed and violate, changed outside of the authority of who was allowed to change them and when, and actually violated the constitution of the state, which should have rendered that election in 2020 invalid in Wisconsin. Even the Wisconsin Supreme Court said that. They said the only reason we didn't overturn this is because it's so far, uh, it's so f it already happened. It's so far in the past that we don't wanna shake up American democracy by doing that. But the Wisconsin Supreme Court said, should these things happen again, it would render a future election invalid. But the left doesn't want us to talk about that. They want a gag order put on us. They want us to be criminalized if we say that. And so they started a cultural movement and then it, it leached into a legal movement. Stuart Rhodes, very unsavory character. I'd never heard of him before he was charged by the Department of Justice. Apparently he's one of the head honchos of the Oath Keepers. I don't care about him at all. He didn't commit any, any violence. He didn't assault any police officers. He didn't break into the Capitol. He didn't encourage anybody to break into the Capitol. He didn't bring a firearm um, to DC where it would have been illegal. He, he did none of that. So I couldn't care less about him except for the fact that he was convicted of seditious conspiracy. Now, seditious conspiracy is essentially the same as treason. He was sentenced to 18 years in federal prison for this conviction. And the conviction, what did it hinge on? On what was this, this charge against him based? It was based on a text message that he sent, a conversation that he had had, speech that he had used to his friends privately and the Department of Justice said, well, we have now demonized speech in the eyes of the American public. Let's now codify our, our idea that speech is violence into law. Let's convict him of attempting to overthrow the United States government based on a text message. Now, the text message might be unsavory. It, it is unsavory. I don't condone it. It's stupid. It's bad. But he didn't do it. He didn't commit any actions that 
that fulfilled his text message. He didn't, he didn't do any of the things. Like I said, he didn't assault a police officer. He didn't foment any violence. He didn't break into the Capitol. He didn't encourage others to do so. He didn't bring a firearm. No, he just said stupid stuff on a text message and the government is now sending him to prison for 18 years for it. This was not a coincidence that this happened. It's not because they cared about Stuart Rhodes. It's not because they were afraid that Stuart Rhodes was going to overthrow the government. It's not because they thought he was a real insurrectionist. It's because they needed to set a legal precedent a legal precedent that they could then apply to Trump. Because they know that President Trump didn't coordinate anything that happened on January 6th. He was unaware of all of these all of these groups and what they were doing and individuals that came. President Trump never asked for violence or encouraged violence. In fact, he specifically condemned the violence and told people to go home. He, When he encouraged people to go to the Capitol, he said, go there peacefully and patriotically. They know President Trump wasn't involved at all. And so what do they have left? They don't want him to speak. They don't want him to question what happened during the 2020 election. So they're using his words and they're twisting the meaning of his words. And then they're using the precedent that they set during the prosecution of other people involved with January 6th to accuse President Trump of inciting a riot or inciting an insurrection. Now, I will add a caveat here and say President Trump has not been indicted yet. We don't know specifically what the charges will be. We can give an educated guess. We can speculate that they will probably be charges of seditious conspiracy and or obstruction of an official proceeding. The obstruction of an official proceeding, let's talk about that for a second. We talked about the seditious conspiracy. That would be related to President Trump's speech that the prosecutors will claim incited an insurrection. Therefore, the speech is actual violence. So that's going to be their argument. But the obstruction of an official proceeding part is very interesting because obstruction of official proceeding would relate to the electoral college vote certification that President Trump obviously wanted delayed. He wanted to make sure that the electors were valid electors before that was certified. it's, It's the basis of his beef with Mike Pence because Mike Pence said, as vice president, I don't have any authority to stop this. President Trump said, I think there's a legal theory that that argues that you do actually have the authority to send those electors back to the states. And there's a valid legal argument that, that lies in that disagreement between Trump and Pence. It's never been adjudicated whether a vice president is purely um, an administrative function in the certification of electoral college votes or whether he has the authority to say, nope, I'm going to send these this, this slate of electors back to the states because there's they're contested electors. It hasn't been adjudicated. So it's not really a matter of, of whether Pence is right or whether Trump's right. What is important here is the obstruction of an official proceeding charge would cause President Trump to be held in pretrial detention. And that's where we get to people like the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley. He was one among many of these January 6th defendants who were held in prison in solitary confinement for years before they were brought to trial. Now, why were they why were they held for years in pretrial detention? Well, because the government prosecutors argued that obstruction of an official government proceeding was such a threat to our country and to the functioning of our government that these people couldn't be allowed to be let loose in the streets. They couldn't be allowed to live their lives. They had to be held in prison until they stood trial. So here we have two different charges. Most likely, President Trump will be hit with both. Most likely, the indictment will include both. But you see how one would cause him to be imprisoned before he was convicted, and the other would use his words, conflate words with violence, and use that as a justification to imprison him for 
perhaps decades. The, the conviction of con seditious conspiracy can carry a 20-year prison term, a 20-year prison term. But then, of course, you might be thinking, well, how could President Trump be guilty of inciting an insurrection when his words contradicted um, that accusation? So what did Trump actually say? What words are the Department of Justice prosecutor, special counsel Jack Smith, what are they going to use against Trump when they inevitably bring these charges of most likely, this is, this is an educated guess, seditious conspiracy and obstruction of an official proceeding? Well, they're going to use three sets of, three sets of, of words that President Trump spoke. First of all, they're going to use this clip. This is from the rally that President Trump held outside of the White House before the disruption at the Capitol. This is when he was telling people to march on the Capitol. And this is, this is specifically what he said. Take a listen. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Now, you and I might watch that video and think, well, this exonerates Trump because before the violence at the Capitol even happened, President Trump told people who were marching to the Capitol to go there peacefully and patriotically. He said the word peacefully. So how can President Trump be accused of inciting violence when he specifically directed people to act in a peaceful manner? That's how a normal person, how you and I would interpret this. And we would say, well, this video exonerates Trump. That's certainly the argument that I would make. But what the left is doing, what the Department of Justice is, going, is prepared to argue is that the word patriot, President Trump said peacefully and patriotically. Well, this word patriot, you and I understand to mean we love America. We wanna stand for the values that are enshrined in our constitution. But the left has demonized this word, not just culturally, but legally. The FBI and the Department of Justice have issued internal documents. We've talked about these documents often on this show. They've issued documents warning that Americans might be militia violent extremists if they fly the come and take it flag or the Betsy Ross flag or if they quote the founding fathers or if they identify with words like patriot. So the legal precedent has been set to reinterpret or redefine the words that Trump said. No, the, the Department of Justice has no intention of actually trying to understand what Trump was saying. The argument they're going to make is that President Trump used coded language. When he said patriotically, what did he mean? Was he talking about the Boston Tea Party? Was he talking about revolution? Was he talking about insurrection? The word patriot, who's to say? This is what we're going to hear from Jack Smith. This is what we're going to hear from the Department of Justice. So the very video that you and I rightfully and logically, rationally believe exonerates Trump because how can you incite an insurrection? How can you inspire violence when you're telling people to do the opposite, when you're telling people, make sure you are peaceful? The Department of Justice is going to focus on the other word and the legal precedent they have set with the other word. Now, then we have another video in which, this is the video that President Trump posted on Twitter, the video that ultimately got him banned from Twitter under Jack Dorsey. But this was the response that Trump issued hours after the violence on January 6th, in which he told the protesters to stop being violent and to go home. Take a listen. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great 
people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never. Now, again, you and I watch this video and we think, okay, the left constantly claims that President Trump didn't condemn the violence quick enough. Like this impossible standard that the left sets when President Trump posted on Twitter for people to stop committing violence and to go home. It was Twitter actually that censored that. So anybody that didn't see President Trump say that, you can blame that on Jack Dorsey and not on President Trump because he issued a video on January 6th condemning the violence. But what the left is going to say and what the prosecutors in this case, I'm sure will argue, is that President Trump called the people at the Capitol special people. He empathized with the people at the Capitol. And they're going to say this was coded language. He was encouraging the people at the Capitol. He was inciting their actions by praising them instead of telling them what, that they're evil people that are going to hell. I'm not sure what the left's argument specifically is there, but the prosecution will argue that Trump was using coded language. And this is very dangerous. This is incredibly dangerous. And then the third argument that they're going to make, and this is legal precedent that has been set already, is they're going to show a clip of President Trump on stage debating Joe Biden in the lead up to the 2020 election. And Joe Biden asks Trump, or really the moderator prompts Joe Biden to ask Trump about the Proud Boys. And President Trump's response when he was asked to condemn the Proud Boys was to tell the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Now, again, you and I might look at this video. We might listen to this and, and, and analyze the context of it and say, okay, President Trump was making sure that everybody in the lead up to the 2020 election, at least people on the right, were understanding that this should be a democratically operated election, that no violence is acceptable, et cetera, et cetera. But the left is making the argument that that was coded language, that that was Trump's secret way of communicating with the Proud Boys. And the reason that we know that this is the argument that the prosecution is going to make is because in the trials, the Proud Boys trial and the Oath Keepers trial, this is the video the prosecution opened with. They didn't open with videos about the Proud Boys or about the Oath Keepers. They opened with President Trump saying, stand back and stand by to the Proud Boys. And their argument was that this was Trump's communication. This is how he coordinated and incited. This is how he was the director of the insurrection that was supposedly happened at the Capitol. He was in full knowledge. His words were literal violence. So when President Trump posted this on Truth Social, I got the chills. I thought, this is a dark day in American history. This is a big deal for our country. This is not, this is not a nuisance lawsuit against President Trump, this is not something where you kind of roll your eyes and say, listen, the left is just relentless with their, with their like flies buzzing around your head. No, this is an existential threat to the way that our country operates, the way that our elections are operated, because this is the Biden administration weaponizing the power of government against their primary political opponent. And the reason that they're doing that is because they cheated in the 2020 presidential election. And this is the only way for them to avoid accountability and criminal penalties for what they did. It's delightful that we can talk about this on YouTube now. It's almost hard to believe. I still feel like I'm committing some kind of thought crime when I talk about the 2020 presidential election being rigged. This used to be the basis for permanent ban, permanent, like you're gone, you're dead on, on YouTube if you talk about this. And suddenly it's okay with YouTube if we talk about this same topic. Perhaps it's because YouTube is preparing for the left's claims, if a Republican wins in 2024, if Trump defeats Biden, the left is gonna claim that the election was rigged. So YouTube can't 
can't stifle the political narrative of the left, can they? So now we're allowed to talk about this now. But really, this is an effort, not just of personal animosity towards Trump. This is an effort to secure their cheating, the left's cheating in the 2020 presidential election, into perpetuity. Because what did they do? They rigged the election. They, they instituted universal mail-in ballots, which are vulnerable to fraud. They had round-the-clock unattended drop boxes, which actually violate the Constitution, the state constitution of some states. They degraded uh, signature verification standards. They changed rules and regulation and laws in ways that sim they simply had no authority to do in the, in the summer leading up to the 2020 presidential election. They did this in the name of if COVID, really. Mark Elias, the super lawyer of the Democrats, was in charge of this. We've covered this extensively on this show. At first, President Trump didn't know what happened when he lost the 2020 election. He made some pretty wild accusations of different kinds of voter fraud because he didn't know what had happened. He just knew, like we all knew, that something fishy had happened. Well, after a while, after a lot of investigations, a lot of hard work by a lot of smart people, we figured out what the left did, how they rigged the election, how they won. And it wasn't honest and it wasn't fair. And so the left is, is left with facing either criminal penalties for what they did and vilification in the eyes of the American people because nobody likes a cheater, or they could criminalize Trump. They could prevent him, prohibit him from saying anything about what they did in the 2020 election. They could throw him in jail, accusing him, his accusations of stop the steal, of inciting an attempt to overthrow the United States government. That's what we're facing right now. Your dissent and my dissent are next. If they can do this to a former president of the United States who is the front runner to become the Republican nominee to face Joe Biden in a presidential election again, you bet they're gonna come for us. And you bet they're gonna come for us. Of course they're gonna come for us because they can't bear to not cheat in an election. If they're found out, they're never gonna win again. The scariest part of this whole thing is President Trump, if he's indicted, will most likely be convicted of these charges because this is going to happen in a DC court. DC is, the DC jury pool is made just of swamp creatures from Washington, DC. They will convict him even if it's unfair because they want him to be in prison and they wanna protect their cheating. The other thing that I will mention is part of the purpose of all of this is to provoke you or me or anybody who believes that what happened in the 2020 presidential election was fishy to provoke us to violence. And I tell you, and I, I, I say this very strongly, do not fall for that. Do not commit violence. We have plenty of recourse. Do not do a single violent thing because the left wants you to commit violence. They want, to crack, they want you to commit violence so they can crack down on you so hard. They are waiting, licking their chops, waiting for the first person to commit an act of violence, the first right-winger to commit an act of violence in the name of defending President Trump on these charges. Nobody should do a single thing. No one should commit a single act of violence. We have other ways to fight this. And if, we, if anybody commits an act of violence, then you're playing right into the left's hands. You are essentially a puppet of the left doing exactly what they want you to do being a pawn, helping them crack down on free speech and dissent. It's a very dark day for our country. I know this is heavy stuff. It's incredibly frustrating to see this happening and what we would like to think of as a free country. We'll watch this unfold, but the indictment could come as early as next month. All right, guys, make sure you order my book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids at hideyourchildrenbook.com. 
You can pre-order it and it'll be in your mailbox in just a couple weeks. Hideyourchildrenbook.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 18- plus.